0: Hi everyone. And welcome back. I'm here with Kelly and Cassandra and we're here with the Water Trio Juice for the week, first week back of June or no, second, eighth of June through until the 21st. Um, I'm calling June silent but deadly (laughs) because it just feels like it's a month that doesn't have that many aspects. Like you print out the aspects, the list is really short. Yeah. Yeah. But when you look at what's on the list, it's like, holy yeah, eclipses, retrogrades, direct. So yeah, we're going to kind of be digging into what's there this week. And I think we're starting with a bit of a Pisces puddle as Kel called it in the pre-show chat.
1: Yes. Anytime there's a bit of a Pisces pile up, I just, I don't always think of Pisces as puddles. That's my collective noun for a lot of pisces <laughs> <laughs> If you put a lot of Pisces together, there is always a lot of hugging. Like everyone just comes together. So yeah. Yeah, that kind of cohesiveness.
0: Yeah, what a Pisces puddle and maybe a Cancer cuddle? Cancer cuddle, Pisces
1: puddle. No, look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> I have debated you... people in the past about people were saying, well, who gives more or better cuddles Cancer or Pisces? And I'm like, oh, team Pisces all the way. Yeah, for sure. Because the Pisces will hug anyone, but a Cancer can be a little bit protective about who they will have a cuddle with. So.
0: Agreed. Yeah, and Scorpios just don't hug. <laughs> yeah, they're not into that. Um, no.
1: Well, I can, should we talk about the Pisces puddle? Should I be a bit more explicit? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so June 13, Mars will conjunct uh, Neptune in Pisces. That'll be June 14 if everybody is listening in Australia. And the moon will also be in Pisces for, you know, the day before, so June 12 as well as most of June 13, um, which will be part of June 14 if you're in Australia. So it's sort of the Mars is making its once in two year conjunction to the planet Neptune and the moon just happens to be there. So we're going to get this real expression of Pisces energy and uh, well, Neptune energy, I should say. Mars, Neptune is, there's a diffusion quality. There can be a scattered quality. I often see symptoms of tiredness or even overwhelm. And I think this would be a great weekend to try and lay low or rest or not have to be as, dutiful or scheduled. If you can, you know, this is very, you know, it's unclear and I'm not sure. So maybe I'm going to go slower or I'm just going to take more time. It it can be very creative and very intuitive and very inspiring and very soulful, but it doesn't feel like it's like snappy and spicy. Um, it feels very mellow. What, what do you girls think about this aspect?
0: Well, Wade Caves actually was saying on the weekend something about Mars in Pisces being pirates. And I was just thinking, this is perfect, like pirate energy, like action in the water, that kind of thing. And it just, for me, I don't know, there's this energy with this. It's like the glamorized action star who seems to be doing all the amazing thing. And yet it's his stunt guy in the background, who's the one doing all the work. So there's kind of this fantasy about what it looks like to get active and to do things, but really there is no energy to actually do it. No. So I don't know. My call for this is definitely water sports, but then that's my call for most things that need to do with Mars. <laughs> but it's <laughs> totally. definitely for those, you know, for those who are heading into the beautiful spring and summer months in the um, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's definitely a chance to be getting out on the water, surfing, water skiing, whatever your thing is. Um, I also think with this... It's like strength lies in compassion Mm. and the ability to have forbearance and forgiveness for somebody else. And if there has been some, you know, Mars itchy, scratchy and there's anger lying underneath, it's like, okay, how can we almost dissolve this into a place where we can reach forgiveness or where we can bring things together, use that kind of Neptune to, yeah, just dissolute the the Mars um, friction and, and hastiness away, so... What about you, Cass? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you've definitely mentioned a few of those key points there. I think, yeah, there is the potential there to perhaps be like moved or driven towards some kind of pursuit or cause that really kind of stirs your soul or really gets you even maybe fired up or something. So it could be like a a charity cause or a compassionate cause or something like that. Um, You might get that sort of spark of, I'm going to do this thing, but whether you follow through on the thing, that's you know, a whole uh, new ball game. But there is that feeling there that um, definitely, as you were saying, Kel, like it's not a weekend to go uh, all gangbusters on your schedule or I'm going to do all this and this and this. Um, you know, Mars in Pisces is definitely, uh, you know, it's actions could, depends on how it feels, you know. Do I feel like doing this? Do I feel like doing that? So it's definitely not, uh, you know, a, an aspect that's going to really, um, you know, drive you anywhere but maybe to the beach so <laughs> or somewhere or that's going sure. to – or wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that you or do feel that yeah <laughs> that that escapist quality so mm. you know if people around you are behaving a little bit elusive this weekend you know maybe they're just having their pisces moment you know and and that's okay as well so yeah i think we kind of covered a, a big part of that but uh what's this 20 pisces yeah so it's you know hitting yeah. that kind of that uh, that twenty degree of the mutable signs, which has been quite active over the last several weeks. So yeah, yes. yeah. All righty, yeah. Well, that's
0: what's that's the Pisces puddle. Um, and next up, we're staying with water. So we've got Mercury retrograde in Cancer, Ooh, cancer. adding to the <laughs> adding to the retrograde
2: energy, um, just a little bit more. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's happening. at uh, fourteen degrees of Cancer on Thursday. The 4th Eighteenth of June here in Australia is at the same time in the UK. Yeah, in- <clears throat> yep. it is same yep. time, so, same day. Yeah, what do you? Anyone got thoughts about this one? I'm sure you both do.
2: Well, Cass, do you want to go first with the uh, Mercury and the Cancer combo? I, I guess <laughs> I'll take the the Cancer Reigns for us. Um, yeah, I guess in some respects it's kind of hard to not talk about Mercury in light of the Venus retrograde, but I'll just separate mm. it for now. And, you know, we've got Mercury, that's a planet about data. It's about information. It's about facts. It doesn't really, it's neutral to the the information. It's just feedback. It's just info. Whereas Cancer, is a sign that really wants to, you know, respond emotionally or react emotionally. So, you know, when it comes to doing Mercury things, it's, you know, not going to be Particularly clear cut. It's not going to be particularly in a straight direction, particularly, you know, Mercury does sort of just, you know, wants to get that. If you always think of, you know, cancer is the crab and you know, scuttling sideways. And so when it's you're trying to perhaps discuss your emotions or try and give voice to what your feelings are. You know, probably if you're anything like me, I don't even have Mercury in Cancer. It's this whole roundabout that we go in until we reach that point of being able to give voice to the thing or to be able to get clear about what it is that we want to say. Now, Mercury is going to be in Cancer through until August, so maybe like the first week of August or so. So it is a really long time. Um, One thing I do love (laughs) about this Mercury retrograde phase I do anticipate it's going to be a lot more benign than our previous Mercury retrograde in Cancer that was last year because of the lack of aspects it makes. It's a sextile to Uranus but that doesn't happen till early July and then a quick opposition to Saturn uh, and Pluto, you know, on the way out, uh, moving direct then. So I don't think it's going to be a huge, you know, meat grinder because, you know, the Mercury retrograde last year was a big part of that. Um, but what I do think it's definitely going to add another layer or iteration of the Venus retrograde cycle because Venus retrograde is now looking to mm. um, to Mercury in Cancer. So since what, about May 12, I think, we've had Mercury in Gemini alongside Venus retrograde, so maybe things felt a little bit clearer And now those negotiations or, you know, thinking about the values or the things to do with, you know, your Venusian topics like, you know, aesthetics or beauty or art or love. Now it's like, oh, maybe like those negotiations, I don't feel the same way about them as what I did when Mercury was in Gemini, or there's a few kind of, Uh, tides have to come in and out first before you get to the bottom of the thing. So I think it is going to add perhaps a little bit of a level of confusion, not Pisces type confusion, but a little bit perhaps more emotion or sensitivity to the Venus retrograde topics.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely, Cass. It's hard to think about Mercury retro without like linking in or looping in the Venus retro and with Mercury being in Cancer, this was this combination was, was the theme for my keynote speech at the Norwalk conference just recently. Because um, there's sort of this two month vibe, June and July, with Venus in Gemini and Mercury in Cancer. Mm-hmm. And I just kept coming back to this idea about language and about the power of words to increase connection and understanding, or how when we do communication and listening, when we do it badly, it kind of creates this feeling of distance or a lack of understanding standing. And I think this, this next sort of week to 10 days uh, where Mercury's retrograde and Venus is retrograde, this is a really unique period, um, like June 18 to June 25th, where I think there's going to be a lot of that thoughtful, reassessing, ruminating. I keep thinking about Mercury retro and Cancer as having to do with like reminiscing about the past or taking a stroll down memory lane or finding things that you wish you'd said or that you loved that were said. And it, it, there's a lot of that going Back over old territory. You know how cancer is yeah. just so connected. You know that's so good at memories. We're always commenting, Cass. Your memory is like you've got it. You know, with that cancer, don't forget. I'm the,
2: I'm the one time at band. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, always, I always remember those little uh, sentimental anecdotes. So it, it does. We feel remember like, the vague details,
0: yeah, and you fill in the you fill the, in the, the juicy
1: <laughs> Yeah. So this, this, it's almost like an eight day period. I just think everything's not quite as it seems. And that's a big theme for June anyway. There's lots of, um, symbolic and literal plays on light where planets are visible and then they're invisible. And then there are eclipses, which are things that are normally bright, but are going dark. And then there's the cloudiness of Neptune. So I think this next week or so with this, the first part of Mercury Retrograde, there's a gentleness to it, but there's also a questioning about relationship dynamics and maybe going back over old topics or reworking material that's familiar to you to get into it more. And I think I keep thinking about naming feelings and saying what's in your heart in a kind way, but in a way that expresses it as as best we can. Um I think about Mercury being retrograde and in a mute sign. You know, the water signs have this mute quality. Writing things out before you say them out loud could be really helpful, like practice runs. Anyway, I could go on about this for a long time, but
2: uh, yeah, there's a definite like invite to just you know gently observe like the ebb and flow of thoughts and feelings, and like like and not have perhaps you know, the water gives like gentleness. So don't be too judgy on the self-talk or the feelings that sort of bubble up. Mm-hmm. It's just so many, so much like juicy insights on the inside there. <laughs> so cancer. So <Sorry>, many, like <laughs> you could spend a
1: lot of time. There's a lot to go into, isn't it?
2: Yeah. What about you, Lishi? What are your thoughts around Mercury retro and cancer? I think you've both like
0: added some really beautiful points. I think the only thing I'd add into it is, well, a couple of thoughts. One is a return to comfort. And I was just thinking, you know, people are slowly coming out of isolation right now. It's the idea of like trying to pull on jeans, except for the, instead of street. <laughs> they don't fit anymore. And, exactly. And, um, you know, buckles and, and high heels when we've been living in slippers or sneakers. So, I'm actually wondering whether or not there's going to be a big explosion in comfort wear and leisure wear and, and a change in how we do that, you know, what mm. it looks like to bring comfort into the outside world. I do think, you know, this next week, while the two planets, Venus and Mercury are, uh, retrograde together, will be a very still, very internal energy I always think about this as like the left hand side of the brain, the logical, and the right hand side, the right hand side of the brain, the more emotional, being brought together under this. So there's a chance to kind of be quiet inside, like you were both saying, and watching the ebb and flow, but reconnecting those two seeing where we may be, you know, too much in our logical or too much in our emotional, because when the two are connected, they can actually help each other process. It's the point of having two hemispheres, but sometimes things can freeze us in one or the other, depending on past experiences and past pain. So it's a chance to kind of really bring the two together, like join those Mm. hands together. So
1: beautiful the only thing i just want to say with this um one little technical thing with this mercury retro the second half of it i think is going to be more complicated and difficult than the first half and that's because by the time we get to early july mars will be in early aries and there'll Mm -hmm. be a difficult square angle formed between mars as it's state so mercury as it's stationing um in cancer and mars in early aries so i think how the mercury retrograde feels for the next week or 10 days will be different from how it feels in early July, uh, I think there's it's sort of like almost two different Mercury retrogrades in one, just based on Mars changing yeah. signs. So this is the nice part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the
0: quietness. Totally, yep.
1: totally. Yeah, yeah.
0: So now we're up to the big, the big juice the main of the event. Week. Yeah, we've got the eclipse, um, and so the sun will hit the North Node like twenty eight. Gemini, and then head straight on into the eclipse on the twenty first of June, and that's all over the world. And of course, the twenty first of June, you know, this is right as the sun also enters Cancer, so this is the solstice. So this is a massive eclipse, really, yeah. solar eclipse. Um, so that's happening at four forty one p.m. here in Australia. The eclipse. Have you guys got the other? Times for around the world for
1: this. I have the Eastern time zone, which we can quickly extrapolate. 2.
2: 41 AM at on June twenty-one, and the UK time zone is June twenty-one or oh, sorry, seven forty-one AM.
1: So in the Pacific cool. time zone, it's very late in the evening. It'll be eleven forty-one PM on June twentieth.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is taking us even further into those cancer realms and um, it's interesting this is you know, we talked about previously with the last eclipse the baton pass you know the, the last eclipse was where the nodes are right now in that was in uh, sagittarius but now we're flipping it back to the other side we're going back to the the territory we've traveled mm. over in the last 18 months and it's almost like that last check in of I don't know. I think it was Caitlin Coppock actually who was describing this in in an article she wrote and I didn't really get it until now that the nose travelling through an area of your chart, it's like you'll be hungry, hungry, hungry for that, especially with this north node in cancer and it's not until the end that it all appears, that it all is created and it's all finalised and I feel like this is it. It's like that kind of icing on the cake or that final point. It's definitely not necessarily a great thing, but it's that whole idea of, okay, we've we've reached the end. This is time to really step into a new phase or a new place. Um, but we can see the journey over the last 18 months through this particular area of our chart and what it's brought us and the joys and the pain and the and whatever we've had to let go of, especially this particular 18 months in, in time. So I feel like this solar eclipse is really going to highlight just how far we've come in this particular area. And maybe how how much more we've got to go. But it also kind of gives, I don't know, the impetus or the inertia so that we're like, okay, we can now strap on for a new area of our lives and get ready to, you know, for a ride um, in a new part, depending on where these eclipses are falling and what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear from you, girls what you're thinking about this, especially cleared up with this solstice.
2: Hmm. Cass? (laughs) Um, yeah, like, I mean, having the the new moon uh, at zero cancer and the node at 29 Gemini makes it a total solar eclipse. So it's on the solstice, so it's pretty dramatic um, as far as that's concerned. So, you know, you're definitely right, Leash. There's kind of like this real... Um, you know, real like dramatic view back on the past before we launch forward. And I guess there's two other things going on astrologically that, you know, we can use this as an interpretive principle. And even though Venus is yet to station direct, she's at the station degree. And so she is looking to Mercury, who's also in Cancer, um, you know, and retrograde. Um, and so there's this feeling here that you know, Venus is kind of, you know, she's not there yet, but she's there and she's ready to sort of move direct. But Mercury is, you know, going retrograde in Cancer. So there is this total feel of like having a look back before you launch forward. And it is a new moon on the North Node. So it does have, you know, more of a, you know, growth or a um, hungry feel to it or a portal of openings as opposed to all the south node type of stuff that's you know the purging and the pur- purifying and the loss but there's almost this feel like you know and cancer you know no bias here but you know we do sort of tend to go to the past a little bit and we do sometimes have trouble letting go and so we've got Venus retrograde's Sort of in the station degree we've got mercury retrograde and there's like an eclipse that's in cancer in that very first degree but the node is in gemini so there's this sort of like yes but not yet or there's a sliding doors kind of feel to the eclipse like you could go back towards something that's familiar or from the past or might be emotionally comforting Um, Or do you launch into, you know, the new possibilities of the nodal journey sort of through Gemini, through letting go of some emotional baggage perhaps so you can bring up or you can embrace new information or fresh insights or something that's a little bit new or gives you a little bit more variety or something, you know, along those lines as well. So, you know, it is kind of a crossover eclipse in terms of the sign that it the the lunation falls in and where the node is and also the background planetary action kind of gives a bit of a crossover vibe as well so Mm. it's yeah it's uh it's i think the challenge is you know like you know maybe like taking the past on board let it shape you but not necessarily define the direction that you're going moving forward so yeah that's my like cancerian little uh, input for you there so a have eclipse. It you, Kelly. yeah
1: <laughs> it's such a big eclipse and i love how we're each um coming at it in like from slightly different facets it's almost like you know that idea of light through a crystal or a diamond is like there's different pieces that mm. that come off um a couple of things that i've been thinking about are that it is the last in the Cancer Capricorn series of eclipses. So it was about two years ago, mid 2018, that we first started having eclipses in Cancer Capricorn this time around. So there's this sense of like that two-year period or chapter where the Cancer Capricorn houses in your birth chart have been triggered by eclipses. This will be the last one in that sequence. So there is, I guess, a feeling of transition where it's like we need to make sure we've finished whatever the last two years are about, like to what you're saying, Cass. Um, and, you know, this eclipse is bookmarked, if you like, by that lunar eclipse that was in Sag at the start of June and it will there will be... Um, one more like tiny little eclipse, I guess, in Capricorn in July, depending on the orbs that you use. I know there's a little bit of debate about that out there. So this is sort of that last dramatic solar eclipse in that Cancer Capricorn space. So there is a feeling, yeah, of closing down this cycle. I'm also just sort of aware it's a very dramatic um annular style eclipse where we're gonna see that ring around the moon. And there is going to be a lot of just unsettled energy, I think, and things like just having a quiet day on the Sunday, um, salt baths. You know, salt is very cleansing and calming and maybe doing um, a mantra-style practice or some type of meditation that you're comfortable with. Eclipses are um, disturbances in the regular rhythm or routine of things. And so it's wise, I think, to be just a little cautious. It's not the kind of new moon where you would do Um, new moon magic or new moon intention settings. And part of that is because the light of the sun is blocked. That's what makes it a solar eclipse. The sun's light is eclipsed or blocked. And so that can put us into the shadow lands where we have to draw on different senses than our clear sight. And so Uh, Things that we normally rely on that clear sight or clear thinking for, we might not be quite up to it for maybe even 24 to 48 hours like before and after it's it's a eclipses are very uh, powerful energetic activators but also things just to treat with a little bit of um, care and, and tenderness. And because it is so tight, as you were saying, Cass, like the eclipse itself is zero cancer and the node's at 29 Gemini, they're so close to each other that that makes it more powerful, more intense and more dramatic. Um, so it's definitely one to watch and one
2: to be mindful about just keeping keeping quiet around, I think. yeah. And I think uh, the path of this eclipse starts to maybe in Africa, like around Congo, and it kind of travels up in the northern Asian countries, uh, Pakistan, India, and along that way. So we could probably uh, get a little bit of disturbance in in those parts of the world too, are quite possible um, around that time. So, oops, uh, Kevin is Kevin is saying hello. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, wherever the eclipse is able to be seen, it can also like reflect where it's, uh, where there'll its be activity and in the, drama. the most strong. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and it also one other point, through.
0: sorry, sorry, it's going Ishi? to be showing the whole way through Southern China.
2: Oh, Two. there we go. Oh, joy. So, so I yeah. thought we want to keep that <laughs> part of the
1: world just a little quiet right now. Yeah,
2: we've <laughs> shared
1: um, plenty this yeah. year already.
2: <laughs> so speaking, so uh, speaking of our quiet, one thing I wanted to mention, and it's just, it seems to be this sort of divine order that's a part of the eclipse cycle, is that the aspects between eclipses are, always seem to be minimal. And you know that those times between eclipses ah uh, it often describe it like the time between Christmas and New year. Time just feels different. and you know, between the eclipse that we had uh, on Friday, you sort of the fifth, sixth, um the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius coming through until the sort of twenty twenty first we don't have a lot of planetary aspects, so it's almost like there's enough on our plates to kind of uh, integrate or process, and so the sky kind of gives us a little break from an excess of planetary aspects. So as you were saying at the start, Leash, there's not a lot going on this month, but what is happening is, is going to take some of our uh, um, fortitude and effort, etc., to to process and really take on board and work through.
0: And it's interesting because, you know, I'm a believer that the next – lunar you know the next full moon is a lunar eclipse as well um and there's a lot happening like well there's some pretty major shifts There'll and be, we'll get into that next episode we'll talk about in
1: July it won't be a exactly. boring
0: month <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so definitely you know be kind of but even even in the that last week of june um there's a lot to be getting ready for so it is definitely yeah. what you were saying Kel, about just taking it easy, being quiet, you know, not doing any new moon magic at this time, the purging, the, you know, even I always find it's a good time to clean the house, you know, really do a good spring clean energetically to, you know, if, if you're someone who does electrical or energetic cleaning to do, definitely do that. Um, just kind of clear the decks because this, we just don't know what these eclipses do. They throw the chessboard pieces in the air. So um,
1: yeah, dramatic and unsettling, dramatic. right?
0: Yeah, chaotic Yeah, it can okay. be. So, yeah, you don't, but be, well, you don't want to be making wishes in chaos.
1: No. Because
0: you just never know what you're going to get.
1: Yes. Yeah, just calm. As, as much as and, you can, yeah. Especially, and adding yeah. in
0: the solstice too.
1: Oh, yeah. The fact that the sun oh,
0: yeah. is at that point in its cycle where it's at a standstill. You know, it's gone as far north. Well, technically it's the planet that's gone as far north. Yes, the, planet. the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the Earth's. we're at the most far point tilt
2: in our know, circle around
0: yeah. the sun. Um, that there's, You know, the sun does seem to hang at a certain point. It's like it reaches that end of the pendulum too and then, bam, we get an eclipse and it's right on that Tropic of um cancer there too so it's like okay what what's coming in what what's powered behind this it's like it's not just a it's a very powerful kipps and it is super powered by the solstice so um
1: Yeah, that's a good point, Leisha. I'm glad you made that because even if there's a full moon or a new moon that's near an eclipse, that's near a solstice that's not an eclipse, we get very dramatic weather events or nature events. And so that does give me a little pause about, okay, it's a lunation on the solstice but it's also this very intense, very tight eclipse. I I do have a little concern about some sort of uh, nature event, you know, a wild storm or perhaps a big earthquake, you know, the, it just it unsettles not just us but the the physical environment as well i guess and and that combination of solstice plus eclipse is is pretty potent so yeah
0: what more can we have like fires
1: plagues yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> Murder hornets. Let's (laughs) just keep looking forward. Jupiter will get into Pisces and away from Saturn eventually. And uh, (laughs) we just want to... May 2021. Yeah, we just need to get... We just need to get to that. Um, so this um, – what else could we say about this week? I really think about this middle period of June as like transitioning from some of the floaty vibes of the early part of yeah. June where there's like a lot of Neptune action into the more dramatic and intense. So, you know, if if the start of June is a little bit like you're not sure what's what, just, just, just enjoy that because it's not going to stay like that for long and it gets – Yep. Shit gets real, real quick towards the end of the month. So just take that pause where you can and, and we'll be back with yeah. next, the next episode starting June 22nd where we'll have a lot to share. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be so floaty.
2: No. <laughs> As she said before and I tried not to laugh but I'm going to say it again just so you all laugh, you'll need to strap yourself in for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so,
0: gals, what have you got coming up this week? What's what's happening okay. in, in Water Tree Land? Got?
1: Cass, do you know anything off the top of your
2: head? Uh. Um. Well, I decided that on May, I was going to say May, June twenty-five. I am going to do a webinar on retrograde planets. Excellent. As Venus stations direct. So, um, all the details on that will be on the website. So we'll look at different, um. Uh, I guess, philosophies around the meaning of retrograde planets and what can happen when you have a retrograde planet natally in your chart or if a progressed planet moves retrograde or is retrograde and becomes direct. So basically what it means when planets change direction. So I'm really looking forward to that. Excellent. That sounds great. That's such a good topic. I'm so glad that you're going to put some more great
1: info out in the world on that.
2: Yes, it'll be a little, uh, yeah, little celebration of Venus finally direct. (laughs) nice what about you you, girls yeah
1: yeah so mid-June is kind of actually when so I'm taking the floaty period just to float along a bit and catch up with myself but June 15 I start my next online course which is a four-part training on aspects and it's part of my longer become an astrologer program and so the info about how to sign up for that is on my website Kelly's Astrology and so that starts June fifteenth, and on June twentieth, I'm co-teaching a webinar with Frank Clifford, a UK astrologer, and we're going to be presenting on the floating MC. So for those of you who are maybe exploring things like whole sign or equal house systems, and you're wondering what to do when the MC might not be in the tenth house, we're going to do a one-off training on Saturday, June twentieth, for that. And the info for that is on my website as well. So yeah, I'll be back um, in the swing of things. It's literally like after venus becomes visible again and i'm like why is all my teaching starting in the middle of june and it's like we've got to do the pisces floating and then the venus um wait for her to return to sight so yeah so a couple of things starting june 15 and june 20 which i'm excited about how about you Leishi? um i am not having my normal new moon gathering i do
0: have a webinar (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I do have a webinar online about the nodal change and about the coming eclipses so people can um, hop online to uh, download that. I am, however, for those here in the Sunshine Coast, I am having an eclipse gathering. It will be an eclipse style ritual on you know letting go and it will be at the beach so that we can Paddle in the salt do your water salt and do water all those cleansing. kinds of things. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Best. So for those who would like to know a little bit more about, um, and you, if you live on the Sunshine Coast, um, love you to join me. So hop along to my website and click on the live events area to find that.
1: Fantastic. Awesome.
0: Great. Thanks, gals. Always Thank good you. to catch this up. you. This
1: was so good. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.